Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Today, Pastor CJ starts his Christmas series with a message called The Pain of the Birth. Let's face it, childbirth is painful, but for Mary, bringing Jesus into this world was more than just physical pain. Mary faced disgrace, rejection, and anger to bring us the greatest gift on earth. We hope you enjoy this message. A mother's journey to bring her child into the world is a mixture of joy and pain. It's easy to talk about the joy of the birth when it's all said and done and you're finally holding your child you carried for nine months. Counting each finger and toe, snuggling them close and drinking in their sweet baby smell, and then sharing this child with family and friends. What mothers don't talk about is the pain and the struggle it was to bring this child into the world. You yeah. didn't want it, and you said that even if you did ask for it, that that would just be the crazy talking. Oh, Gary, get me the juice. That seemed a little crazy. Let's face it, the pain of birth is real. Somebody say amen. How many can relate to that? Amen. I remember when my wife was giving birth to my first son. I never experienced giving birth before with, a, with my wife like that, the first one. And I came into the room, and obviously I'm a social bug, and I'm a talker. And my wife said, be quiet, be quiet. And, man, I mean to tell you, she meant it, be quiet. She was not one of those. She was just, mm. Hey, but I want to talk to you today about the pain of the birth. And if you have your Bibles today, it will be on the screen. In Luke chapter 1, I love this story. And I don't know about you, but, hey, we have some people in here getting ready to give birth. Uh, Terry uh, and, and Kevin Larson just found out that Abby Larson is going to have her third. Josh and Abby, I don't know if you've seen it on Facebook. They're getting ready to have their third. Uh, my niece called me the other day, two weeks ago, and she said, Uncle CJ, Uncle CJ, you prayed for me and Aaron, and guess what? We're pregnant. We're going to have our first. And, you know, they're excited. And so, you know what's really cool about that? When you get ready to have have a son or a daughter, we always have the reveal. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The reveal, right? And you don't know what it is, and so what happens is you get somebody on your side that goes to the doctor, and they get the report of it's a boy or a girl, and then they have the reveal, and you know what happens. They open up a box, and if the balloons come out, and they're blue, you know it's a boy. If pink comes out, it's a girl. And then they celebrate, and they cheer, and so on and so forth, because they know they're having a boy or they're having a girl. But the sad thing about this story in Luke chapter 1, there was no revealing. There was no opportunity to share the blue or share the pink. There was no opportunity to celebrate life and life more abundantly because Mary had to bear the pain, not physically, but she also had to bear the pain emotionally and spiritually. And, you know, you and I, we, we celebrate and we go through things and we tell everybody, we blast it all over Facebook, we're having a boy, we're having a girl. But Mary had to hide a precious gift from the community around her. 
And if you see this story, I love the story in Luke chapter 1, and it goes on to say, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth to a town in Galilee. And he sent an angel. How many know that God says in Hebrews 1.14 that God sends his ministering spirits or his angels charge over us? And his angels do what? They protect us. They speak to us. They guide us. They direct us. And what God was doing, he was sending the angel of the Holy Spirit to who? To Mary. Now watch this. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel said to her, he said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And if you have a, your Bibles, you can write there, highly favored. Jesus says in Luke 2.52 that he had favor with man and favor with God. Have you ever wondered what it means to be, be in favor? Favor means to have unmerited, unmerited, unexpected blessings that happen in your life. When you are favored with God, you can expect and believe for unmerited blessings to happen in your life. Why? Because you are walking under the umbrella of God, his provision, his protection, and his guidance in your life. Every day I speak, God, for your favor. I pray for God's wisdom, anointing, creativity, and favor. God, give me favor with man and favor with you. And what happened here was God showed favor to Mary, who was a virgin, that God, I'm going to use this woman, that she's going to bring forth my son, and the creator, and the, and the son of God, who's going to come to forgive the sins of the world. But then it goes on to say, it goes on to say in the next line, Mary was greatly troubled at his words. And wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Could you imagine how she could have been disturbed? What are you talking about? I'm a virgin. I'm getting ready to get married. This can't happen. What's gonna, people going to say? What's going to go on? What's going to take place? This is not right. Then it goes on to say, but the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God unmerited blessings. How many want favor to come to your household? I don't know about you, but I want favor in my life. You know, I have not because I ask not every day. God, give me favor. But then he goes on to say, but the angel said, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And he goes on, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The God, the Lord your God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will ever, never end. His kingdom will never end. Then he goes on to say, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. When Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Now love this. This is what I love. If anything I say today, this is the truth for you. God's promises are yes and amen. God's word is always true. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 11, he said no matter what happens, his word will not return void. It will accomplish that which it said it will do. So if God is speaking a promise to you and it hasn't happened yet, continue to hold on to that promise. Continue to believe God that God will come through. Because this is why. For God, for his no word, for no word. 
For no word from God will ever fail. No word, whatever God has spoken to you, will ever fail. Have you ever had someone promise something to you and never follow through with the promise? And it hurt, right? I don't know about you, but when God makes a promise and he says it in his word, you can have it signed, sealed, and delivered. God will follow through in that which he said he would do. But if you notice what it says about Mary, Mary couldn't celebrate like you and I could celebrate. But I thought it was kind of fascinating when I looked up the name Joseph and Mary. And it's on your sheet there today. I thought it was fascinating. When I looked it up, Joseph stands for this, honorable, faithful man, trustworthy, and dependable and loyal. I thought that was pretty cool. That's exactly who Joseph was. After all, he had to be loyal to Mary to hear she was a virgin and they had not had union together and so on and so forth. And yet now she's conceiving, she's giving birth to the son. And how did this happen? But yet he was loyal and faithful to her. But look at what Mary's name means. I thought this was kind of cool. Mary's name is a Hebrew baby name, which means wish for a child. Wished for a child. Man, I I long for a child. I long to have a son or a daughter. Famous bearer. Obviously, we know that she's the mother of Jesus. She was a famous bearer of, of Jesus, the Son of God. But then it goes on to say, and I had to look this up. I kid you not. I looked up Mary in several different translations of Mary to find out is this really true about Mary. I thought this was kind of fascinating. Not only was she a famous bearer, but look at what her name stands for. Rebellion. And what else? Bitter. Can you imagine that? Rebellion and bitter. After all, you see that Joseph was a loyal man, a committed man, a faithful man. Mary was a virgin. Mary was committed to God. But what happened and transpired to Mary that got her bitter? You see, Mary became bitter because she couldn't expose or have a reveal like you and I can. She couldn't have a reveal. She couldn't do things that you and I can. I don't know about you, but, man, many people, like today, we had baby dedication. We had uh, seven families, 13 kids that got a baby dedicated. I don't know about you, but I can imagine when, when you had your son or your daughter, you were excited. I know Kayla was so excited about when little Hope was born. Man, I went to see her at the hospital. I saw Rudy and Linda and the rest of them. They were smiling from ear to ear. Man, they were taking pictures and plastered all over Facebook. Everybody was recognizing that baby. But not only was that happening, but people were coming up to see the baby. Man, friends were going over to their house. People were giving gifts, bringing it by to the church and that we had to bring to her. And the cool thing about it was everybody was on board with what was going on. And I'm sure that happened with you when you had your son or your daughter. That meant everybody was celebrating the win or the victory of your son or your daughter. But not with Mary. Mary didn't have that kind of experience. Mary had to hide and put it on a low and put it as a low key that I can't be exposed. I can't reveal this. I can't let people know because what are people going to say? What are people going to think about me? How did this happen? She had all these emotional question marks that she had to face. And yet, I love this. Before Jesus was born, how many know he faced disgrace, rejection? And anger. When Jesus was born, he faced disgrace, rejection, and anger. When he was crucified, he faced disgrace, rejection, and anger. Can you imagine that about your son or your daughter? I love this. When he rose again, he defeated disgrace, rejection, 
and anger and now sits on the throne of God. Somebody say amen. Come on. Amen. But what would cause Mary, what would cause Mary or Mary's pain in giving birth? If you have your notes, the first thing that came to Mary was disgrace. Look what happened in Luke chapter 1, verse 29. It says these words. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. How are people going to perceive me? What are they going to call me? Are they going to call me the tramp of the city? Uh, what are they going to perceive me as? What are they, how are they going to look at me as? I, I hear I'm pledged to be married to Joseph, and this happened. And, and can you imagine what she felt in the agony, how she, how she was going through all that and, and so on? What are others going to say, and how are people going to look at me? And what are people going to give, uh, 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 you know, what are people going to say? And all these different emotions that, that Mary had to face. Today we worry about what others think more than we, what God thinks. How many of you know that's true? We worry about what others think more than sometimes than what God thinks. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, Paul speaks these words. And Paul says, am I now trying to win the approval of human? He said, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? And what Paul is saying, he says, listen. My whole thing in life is to be, first of all, honorable before God and to please the Lord my God. So many times we are so dictated in life about what other people think or say about us, that we are ruled by what other people think or say about us, and because we are ruled about what other people think or say about us, we are confined from what God really calls us to be. I remember when I was growing up as a kid, I wanted to play an instrument with the, uh, in the worst way. I wanted to play an instrument, and I wanted to play the violin because my family's very musically inclined, and I'm the only one that, man, had too many thumbs. And this teacher told me that I had too many thumbs, and so listen to what I did. Because she told me that, and she told me I'd never be a musician or have the opportunity to do that, I put the violin down, or for that matter, any kind of music down. And I thought to myself, I'm labeled as a loser I'm labeled as a loser, but I listen to the opinions of others. And so many times in life what happens, you're running your life not on God's will or not even on your own dreams. You're running on the opinions and the thoughts of others. And you wonder why you feel like a lion in a cage. It's because you're not being who God called you to be. You're so concerned about what other people think, say, and do. And Mary faced a disgrace. What are people going to say about me? I wonder how many of you are walking in misery today. I had a lady some time ago, she came up to me and she was in tears. And I said to her, I said, honey, what is wrong? What's going on with you? What, what is going on? She said, Pastor CJ, she said, I know that I was supposed to be a pastor's wife. I know that I was supposed to be in ministry. I know that I was supposed to do these things in my life. But she said, I didn't do them. And I said to this lady, I said, why didn't you follow through with what you're supposed to do? She said to me, she said, because I listened to the others. I listened to those people who thought they knew what was best for my life and I went down that journey and I went down that path and because I went down that path and that journey that they told me I should do I'm not fulfilled now in life I knew I missed the call and I wonder how many times are you in a cage are you confined because you're so worried about what people think instead of what God thinks and Mary walked with disgrace. And then she goes on to say, or am I trying to please people? 
If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Can you imagine what Mary felt? Mary, man, Mary's name became bitter because she couldn't please people. And all the talk that she faced, all the talk and all the things that she faced, and man, the ridicule and disgrace that she's a loser. She disgraced the family lineage. She stepped out of uh, her engagement. She stepped out. She did these things. She had a wild side of her. Can you imagine the talk? I wonder... How many of you have been browbeaten? How many of you have been browbeaten through maybe growing up as a kid? You're never going to make it. You're a loser. You're a mount to nothing. And you listen to a lie. You see, the Bible says in John 8, that the devil is the father of lies. He's the author of confusion. And some of you have taken the bait, the bait of a lie, and you have taken it in, and you digest it, and now you believe that lie. And now you're confined and you're not becoming all what God wants you to be. Mary, can you imagine Colossians chapter 3 verse 20? Here's what we're supposed to do as children. Children, obey your parents and everything for this pleases the Lord. Could you imagine, Mary, the disgrace? I dishonored my parents. I dishonored my mom and my dad. I respect my mom and my dad, and I dishonored them. And, man, now what is my mom and dad going to say, and what's going to happen there? You see, listen, what's going to happen with my parents? They got egg on their face. Have you ever felt that before? Some time ago, and I have to be transparent with you, my wife's sister, Kathy, she was in high school, and she was just graduating from high school, and she came down and she, she became pregnant. And because she became pregnant, what happened was Cheryl's parents became indignant. I'll never forget this. I respect her mom and dad very, very highly. I respect them very, very highly. But what happened was her mom and dad, man, shoved Kathy away. They put her into the middle of the city in downtown Minneapolis, and they hit her while she was pregnant. They were disgraced, and all they could think about was, what are other people going to think? What are other people going to say? They weren't concerned about Kathy or the well-being of the baby or anything of that nature. They were so caught up about what other people were going to say. What are Christians going to say? And how many of you still know this? Sometimes, can hear your pastor, sometimes Christians can shoot our own selves. We can shoot one another. And when sometimes when Christians, when we're down, sometimes Christians can keep us down. And we keep kicking each other down when we should be lifting them up. Somebody say amen, right? Sometimes, can I be honest with you? Sometimes we as Christians can be so cynical, critical, and judgmental. Who made us the judge? There's only one judge. There's only one lawgiver. And there's only one God. And that's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The great I am, the never changing one. Stop judging your brother and sister. Take out the speck in your own eye before you take out the plank in theirs. Somebody say amen. And what happened was is that Cheryl's parents, man, they hit her. And I'll never forget, we had to go in the inner city of Minneapolis, and she was in, it wasn't a real nice place, Jack. You should have seen Pastor Jack. It was a, an old run-down apartment where they kept all these kind of people there. And, man, we'd go and visit her, and Kathy would cry. And eventually the baby came. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget when Kurt was born. Man, he was beautiful. He looked like a porcelain dial, I kid you not. 
And the moment we saw him, we said, no, we can't give this kid up. And the moment when Kathy's parents walked into that hospital room feeling the sense of rejection and pain and disgrace, they embraced Kurt and they took her in their arm, hit him in his arm. And I'll never forget Cheryl's mom. She took Kurt in, his, in her arms and all of a sudden it was like the Holy Spirit convicted her. She began to cry and she began to weep. She looked at Kathy and she said, Kathy, I am so sorry from this day forward. We're not giving Kurt up. We're keeping Kurt. He's a blessing and not a disgrace. And you know what she said? She said, I don't care what people think now. I'm sorry, Kathy, for what I did. I'm sorry, Kathy, for what I said. He is a blessing. He's a gift from God. We're going to love him as our own. Now, let me tell you something. I'm not endorsing that. You see, you love the sinner, but you hate the sin. Don't get me wrong. I'm not endorsing this have uh, intimacy outside of marriage and all these things. My point is, can you imagine the disgrace that Mary went through? Could you imagine the pain that she bared when she went through this? Another thing that comes to my mind with Mary was rejection. Wow. Can you imagine being rejected? Man, can you imagine being pushed aside? Man, devalued? Looked at like, man, who is she? You see, listen, Mary faced rejection from family, friends, and the community. Guess what? That hurts. How many of you know that's true? Rejection hurts. It's not fun to face rejection. And listen, we like to reject others, but when we ourselves are rejected, it hurts, right? Amen? We love, we all want to feel loved and accepted by others, right? Listen, I love this. A dog is a man's best friend because it always loves, and guess what? It can't talk back. Somebody say Amen. You're going to love it, Helen and Tom. Your dog can't talk back. Amen. It can bark until it's got to go to the bathroom at 2 in the morning, but it ain't going to talk back. Right? A lot of times rejection comes from the person not knowing all the facts. How many of you know that's true? You know what they say? You never judge a book by its cover. You got to know the contents, what's in the book before you make the judgment. And a lot of times what we do, we reject people by what other people say about that person. We reject them. We write them off. You haven't had an encounter with them. You never had an experience with them. But because so-and-so said it, I believe it, and that settles it. I'm not coming near them. And we wrote people off. I wonder how many have rejected you. Or maybe you have rejected others. Mary was rejected. She couldn't celebrate the birth. She had to hide it. She had to run. She knew that people would be angry and reject her. Another one is this, anger. Can you imagine the anger? Anger in Matthew chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. I love what it says. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to the public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. In other words, I'm going to separate myself from that. I'm not happy with that. Can you imagine? 
I remember the first time I broke up with one of my girlfriends. Man, it hurt me. Let me know what I'm talking about. Amen. Your first love, your first girlfriend, your first thought. Woo, come on, guys. You know what I'm talking about. You went home and wrote 100 letters, man. You, you put on the music that you and her had, their favorite song that you guys had together. Made you cry and cry. I had those times. And yet, Joseph had that too. He had the pain of anger. Like, why? How could you do that? But yet, anger. I like this. It was anger that Jesus was born into. And it was anger that took his life. I mean, that's true. Ridiculed him. Mocked him. Stoned him. Beat him. Anger. All for what? Here goes a pure man. Anger will make you do things and say things that you will regret later. How many know that's true? How many know you probably need to open mouth and insert foot because you said things that you shouldn't have said? And how many know that you can say all kinds of words and ask for forgiveness, but words hurt? They say that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words would never harm me. How many know that's a lie? Words hurt. I think words are the hardest thing to get over because they ring clear in your mind. No matter how long it's been, it could be years, but you always remember the time, maybe when your mom and your dad said you're not going to be any good. You should have been a boy instead of a girl. You should have been a girl instead of a boy. And you heard those words, and I bet some of you it's still ringing inside of you, and because of that, you're still angry. Then you're angry at the world. You're angry at God. You're angry at people. And because you're angry at people and you're angry at God, guess what? That anger sometimes separates you even from your relationship with others. It could be your spouse. You could be maybe separating yourself from your spouse because you're living a life of anger and you're afraid to let down that wall to let him or her in because no way I'm not letting anybody touch me because when they did, they hurt me. And because they hurt me, now I'm mad. God come to heal the brokenhearted and to bind up your wounds. He said, I come to heal the brokenhearted. I come to heal the brokenhearted. Anger will cost you sometimes more than you want to pay. How many know that's true? It'll cost you more than you want to pay. It'll take more than you want to give. I love this. Anger can separate, divide, and destroy a family in a moment separate, divide, destroy family in a moment. Some time ago, Cheryl and I used to be caretakers. When I was going to school, we were broke as broken be, and we were take care, uh, caretakers of this massive apartment. And they had 146 apartments. That's how massive this apartment thing was, complex. And we were one of the five caretakers for this complex. And I'll never forget, I got a call in the middle of the night it's like 2 in the morning, and I get this call because I was the caretaker for the weekend that was on call. I get this call, CJ, you have to go up on the third floor, so-and-so room. And I get up to the third floor, and from a distance I can hear this loud man noise, yelling, screaming, just going crazy. So finally I got to the door, and yeah, there was a ruckus going on. And I knocked on the door. And the gentleman came to the door. When he came to the door, he was trembling. He was shaking. And I could hear either his girlfriend or his wife in the bedroom just screaming. 
So I walked past him, walked into the bedroom, and there against the headboard of the bed was this lady. She was beat from head to toe. I said to the man, I said, why did this happen? Now, get this. This is what anger does. He said these words, because she spent more money than I told her to spend. She was only allotted this amount of money, and she spent more. And I looked at him, and I said, and you did that to her because she went $21 and some cents over your budget? You see, listen, anger is a killer. It'll destroy families. It'll destroy relationships. And sometimes you have deep-seated anger that maybe you got to let go of so that you can feel the freedom and the peace and the joy that God has for you this Christmas season. Because after all, isn't he the reason for the season? And if he's the reason for the season, let him be the gift that comes into your heart and transforms and changes and rearranges your life and makes you new again. That's what our God does. All because of $21 and some change. You see, listen, when you are angry about, what are you angry about? That could be keeping the birth of Jesus from your heart. Maybe you have lost a loved one. Maybe you lost a relationship. And your anger is keeping you from Jesus. Let go and let the joy of the birth live in your heart today. Because God is the greatest gift that you could possibly receive far greater than any gift that you're going to get under the tree this season. Will you stand with me this morning? I believe that God wants to do some work. I wanted my prayer warriors to come out. Prayer workers, will you step out? Altar workers, will you step out? I believe that today God wants to come in some people's heart. I, I feel right now there's three people here today in my heart, three people I, I already know that God wants to come into your heart today. He wants to come into your heart today. Don't keep them at an arm's length. Let them in your heart. Let go of maybe the anger, the rejection, the pain that you're facing right now in your life. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at your door and knock. He that hears my voice and opens the doors, I will come and sup with him and he with me. But you have to give Jesus the invitation to come into your heart. So this morning, man, I'm going to pray that you would just give your heart to the Lord. And maybe this morning you need prayer. Maybe you just need somebody to lift you up and encourage you. Maybe not because you need to give your heart to Jesus. But maybe you just need someone to agree with you. Or two or three agree, it shall be done. So this morning, will you bow your heads with me this morning? I want to ask you a very personal question and no one's looking around. But you say, Pastor, you're talking to me today. You're talking to me today. I need to open my heart up. I need to open my heart and give my heart back to God. I need to give my heart back to the Lord. I've been running from God. I've been that prodigal son and daughter. And I need to come back to God. If that's you, I want you just to lift your hand up. You say, Pastor, I need to give my, hand, my heart to God. I see a hand back there. Anyone else? I see another hand. I see another hand. I see another hand. I see another hand. I see six, seven, eight hands right now. Anyone else? Say, Pastor, I need to give my heart 
to God. Yes. Anyone else? Keep your hands up, will you? I want to keep my because I can see. Yes. 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 Another still. Ten. Ten people. Anyone else? Eleven. Anyone else? Twelve. Amen. Twelve people. Anyone else? Say, Pastor, I want to give my heart to God. Another one in the back. Thank you. Thirteen. Would you put your hands down? There's 13 people that raise your hand right now. Now listen, if you really mean business today, if you mean business today and you want to be transformed and changed and rearranged, I want you to come down here right now. Come on, step out. Be the man. Be the woman. Come on. Don't wait for others. They're coming. 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 Come on. Give my hand as they're coming. Come on. They're coming. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. They're coming. They're coming. Look at that. God just touching them already. Come on. Stand with them. Come on, prayer warrior. Come on over here, Dale. Come on. Get up. There was others. Now, come on. There was others. Now, today, maybe you came this morning, and you just need prayer. You say, Pastor, I have a physical problem. I have a situation in my life. If you need prayer, I want you just to come down and step down here right now. Can you do that? If you just need prayer today, we want to pray with you, support you. Two or three agree, it shall be done. Anyone this morning, you say, Pastor, I need prayer. Anyone today, you say, Pastor, I need prayer. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, whatever it may be. You say, Pastor, I need prayer. I'm going to count to three. Don't miss this call. There are people down here waiting to pray with you. One. Anyone today say, Pastor, here's one right now. Here comes one right now. Anyone else? Anyone else? Say, Pastor, I need prayer. I need prayer. I need prayer. Anyone else? Anyone else? Two. You say, I need prayer, Pastor. I need prayer. Three. Can I pray over you, congregation, this morning as they're praying? Come on over here. Come on. Look at her husband today. This is so cool, man. I'm so happy. This man is cool. I'm so happy today. Look at this man right here giving his heart back to the Lord. Look at this guy. All these tears up here. Let me pray over you today. This pastor loves you with all my heart. Thank you for being here today. If you're a visitor, we pray God's blessings over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this congregation. Thank you for each and every one of them this morning. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will bless them and they're going in and they're going out. I pray that this holiday season, this Christmas season, God, that they will truly give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. That, Lord, you will bless them with their family, Lord, as they're together. That, Lord, that they will remember that you truly are the reason for the season. That, God, you will truly just bless them going in and going out. Thank you for them, Father. Lord, may we be a blessing to one another. May you meet their needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Father, for provision, for guidance, for direction, for healing over their lives today. Bless them, Father, we pray. Thank you for these 13 individuals that came forward this morning who are giving their hearts back to God. Thank you that, Father, you are adding to the kingdom. People getting saved, people getting set free, people getting delivered because of the power of your Holy Spirit. Now go with us today, Father. We thank you and we praise you. And all God's people say, Amen. Let's give the Lord praise. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Make sure you pick up your auction stuff. See you Wednesday night. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. Would you consider a financial gift to help support this ministry? 
Giving is simple and safe. Just go to our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com and click on the Give tab. Thank you for your generous gift.